In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes in order to bring us a Son by whom we are adopted into His family. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, five gold rings. That's everybody's favorite line from that 12 Days of Christmas song. And uh, as I've mentioned before, uh, that song seems to have been taken out of its context a little bit. Uh, a lot of times when I see things about the 12 Days of Christmas now, it's some sort of like weird mutant advent calendar where uh, stores are saying it's 12 days until Christmas. But really, the 12 days of Christmas are, are supposed to be these days. And, and so we're in the third day of Christmas here. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I said this before, we, we've gone through the partridge in the pear tree. Uh, that was Christmas Day. And uh, then after that, two turtle doves. And, and here we stand with three French hens. Uh, that, that's the day that we're talking about today. We've got uh, three days of, of Christmas in. Two, two of those are, are down. Uh, we have a little bit more of this one to go. And there's a lot to that song that, that uh, has been sort of, well, retrofitted, it seems, uh, in terms of its meaning. There's uh, this, this sort of idea that, that this song is, is somehow a code for uh, memorizing or, or maybe even conveying the ideas and, and the major tenets of the Christian faith. And so each one of these things is supposed to have its kind of sense of, okay, well, this is supposed to remind us of this in Christianity. And so, you know, there's 12 days of Christmas, there's 12 apostles, and uh, you, you kind of go down the line, and, and uh, so, so there's, there's five gold rings. Again, everybody's favorite part, five gold rings is about the five books of the Torah. So uh, Genesis Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then you get the four calling birds. Uh, that, that's going to be tomorrow, so get ready for those four calling birds. And four calling birds are supposed to remind you of, uh, uh, of the four evangelists. And uh, today, the, the three French hands are supposed to remind you of the three persons of the Trinity. And uh, then you have the two turtle doves. Two turtle doves are supposed to remind you of the Old and the New Testaments. And then finally you get down to the partridge on the pear tree that is supposed to remind you of Jesus who is crucified for your sins. And while that's, that's a very sanctified and, and notable way of thinking about this song, it's probably not its original intent. Uh, in, in fact, uh, we don't really know what the original intent was. We don't even know who wrote this. It showed up in England for the first time in written form in, a, in the late 1700s, about 1780. But uh, most people think that, that it was a transplant, that it actually came over uh, from France. And uh, then finally, uh, somebody wrote it down in England and it started to be disseminated from, from that point on. And it didn't originally have a tune. That tune was actually applied to it uh, later on. Uh, but th there's, you know, th there's enough about the song that you go, well, that's maybe not I its original intent, that, that it was supposed to be you know, sort of this way of memorizing or this way of conveying things about the Christian faith. Um, and so if, if we take a look at 
at that song where you've, you've got 12 different gifts that my true love sends to me. Those 12 different gifts, uh, as of last year, 2019, uh, somebody priced it out. That would be about $39,000 uh, worth of gifts that, that you were given. Uh, most of those would be kind of, well, poultry. Um, a lot of them are birds for some reason. In fact, seven of the gifts uh, in, involve birds. And uh, so you would have a lot of birds in your household, especially if those were all live birds. And uh, so you, you have that kind of interest and intrigue there. Um, uh, $39,000, kind of like getting a Lexus in your, uh, in your driveway, you know, that kind of uh, meme of a, a uh, commercial that, that shows up on, on Christmas. But there maybe is something to those two turtle doves. So yesterday's, uh, yesterday's idea, yesterday's part of the song. Those two turtle doves do show up in Scripture. And they show up in Scripture actually in both the Old and the New Testaments. Uh, the, they, they show up here in the Gospel reading as Mary and Joseph are bringing Jesus to the temple. And so Luke tells us that Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple at the appointed time in order to uh, do the, the correct liturgical religious sacrifices in, in terms of what happened when you had a baby. And so if you had a baby and it happened to be a male baby in Jerusalem at the time, uh, what you had to do was you had to go to the temple and you had to buy that baby back. The sense here was that uh, out of the, the idea of, of the Passover, that every firstborn child born into a Jewish family was owned by the Lord, owned by God. And what you needed to do if you wanted to keep that kid was that you had to go to the temple and you had to buy that kid back. You had to buy that child back into your household. And, as you, and so how you would do that is you would go and you would offer this sacrifice. You would offer either a lamb or if you were significantly destitute, what you could do is you could actually instead pay a little bit less, in fact, quite a bit less, about um, a twelfth of what a lamb would cost. You could pay for two turtle doves, two pigeons, uh, and, and that would be an applicable sacrifice if you were on sort of the sliding scale at the temple. And, and so from this story, we actually learn a couple of things about Mary and Joseph. We learn that there are, they are devout in their Judaism. They, they bring Jesus to the temple and they say, this is important stuff. We're going to bring him to the temple and we're going to have him there. And uh, we, we also learn that they, well, they don't have a lot of money, which, you know, if you extract that out, you actually kind of uh, get to thinking, okay, well, the, the wise men probably have not arrived yet at this point because the wise men, one of the things that they bring with them is cash money, is gold. And, and uh, Mary and Joseph, they do not offer that at, at the, the temple here. Instead, what they do is they pay the poor family's sacrifice. And, and uh, so what we've got going on here, just in, in the first few sections of, of that text, uh, of that, that gospel reading, is that we, we have this, this kind of idea of there is something to that song, that here in the temple, at the, at the point where, where Simeon picks up baby Jesus, there, there is kind of something to that song. 
Because that song, if you remember, the two turtle doves are supposed to be the Old and the New Testaments. And in Jesus, you have the Old and the New Testaments are coming together in this very reading. The, the two covenants are interacting with one another with one another. So you have the new covenant who is Jesus, who is being brought to the temple, the the sort of the place of the old covenant. You have the new covenant Jesus who will be the sacrifice for all of humankind, who is being sacrificed and being bought into the family of humanity. So basically what's happening here is that if you think about this, what's happening is that the Son of God is being bought into a human family through this sacrifice, that this is a moment in which Jesus' humanity is, is really being attested to. So here, here is the very Son of God who's being brought into human history. He's being brought under the, the tent of the Old Covenant, and he is doing that so that he can be a part of the New Covenant so that he can be the reason for the new covenant. And and so as you think about that, it's sort of like baptism. It's sort of like when Jesus is baptized, he's baptized not for his own sake, but rather so that we can join in his baptism. So he is baptized so that uh, he's baptized into what he is supposed to do. He's baptized into Israel, basically. And uh, because of that, we are able then to be baptized into him. Well, here you have he is sacrificed into the human family so that he can become the sacrifice for the human family and save us from our sins and and do all of that stuff. And that gets sort of expanded out and highlighted when you take a look at what Paul has to say to these people who are called the Galatians. Now, uh, the Galatians are... Well, not Jewish. Uh, So the Galatians are Gentiles. That's a big part of what the book of Galatians is all about. Paul's letter to the Galatians. And Paul's letter to the Galatians is this letter that he writes to them. And he says, stop trying to be so stinking Jewish. Now, there's a reason for that. The reason for that is that the Galatians, well, they're not Jewish. And and there have been these people that have come in, they're false prophets, and they've told the people, well, what you need to do in order to, well, really be Christian is, well, in order to be really Christian, you need to do a few things. You you need to do a few things, and, and those things have to be kind of Jewish thing. So you have to keep kosher. You have to uh, be circumcised. You have to do all of this stuff. Well, the Galatians most likely are are Celts who are living in the south of France. Uh, according to most historical records, they, they are definitely not Jewish. And, uh, and so because of that, uh, Paul is writing them and he's saying, listen, this is not about aligning yourself with certain cultural practices. This is not about aligning yourself with uh, uh, certain ethnicities. This is not about trying to look like a certain race. This is not like uh, this is not about trying to look like a certain culture even. Instead, what this is all about, what this Christian thing is all about is recognizing that Jesus is the partridge in the pear tree. That Jesus is the one who died on the cross to save all mankind from their sin, no matter if they're from Galatia or if they're from Israel or if they're from Africa or if they're from Asia or if they're from South America or if they're from any place, the core of Christianity 
is about being included into God's family. And here in this text of of Galatians, Paul is highlighting that in an interesting way. What Paul is doing in highlighting that is he is telling these Galatians something that they're probably pining for. He is saying, you get to call God Tatai. Now, you probably just kind of cleaned out your ears a little bit and you said, Tatai, that's not what it says in the, the scripture. Well, you're right. Uh, what Liz read was that, uh, that you are enabled to call God Abba. And Abba is the Aramaic kind of Hebrew way of saying daddy or saying dad. And yet it's the Aramaic or Hebrew way. It's not the Gentile way of saying that. It's not the way that the little Galatian kids would have been raised up saying that. And Tatai, Tatai is my word. I grew up in the Philippines and everybody called their dads and their daddies, they called them Tatai. And so it's kind of like that, that you would, would be calling your father something that is not native to your own tongue. And that's what Paul is saying here when he's saying, you are so much a part of this family without having to do all of this Jewish stuff, without going through all of these ceremonies, without having to offer uh, pigeons and turtle doves when you have a son. Instead, what you have to do is you have to recognize that Jesus is at the center of all of this. And when you recognize that Jesus is at the center of all of this, that Jesus is what makes your life beautiful, that Jesus is what makes your life sinless, that Jesus is what includes you into the kingdom of God, that it's all about Jesus, that it's not about doing certain things, but that rather when you recognize that this is all about Jesus, then you are able to call God Abba. Something that the family of God has been calling him for centuries upon centuries. And that's why Simeon sings what he does. So when Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple and they bring him there in order to sacrifice for him so that he might be a part of human history, Simeon, before that all happens, he picks up the baby and he says this one this one is going to be a light to the gentiles this one is going to be the way through which all of humanity not just jewish humanity not just african humanity not just asian humanity not just galatian humanity not any of that but all of humanity all of the gentiles will see this one as the light and the glory of Israel. And that is what we see as well in this Christmas. As we see him born into our world, we recognize that his birth, his birth into our world means that he is born into our existence, into our humankind. Not so that he can enter into our lives necessarily but so that we can enter into his. So that we can now go to God the Father and cry out to him in all manner of languages and say, 
Father, Ahava, Tatai, Daddy. And he'll respond to us as beloved sons and daughters. Not because of what we've done. Not because of the rituals we have performed. But because of that baby born into our humanity. So may you go out this week and recognize that that little baby has bought you a place in the family of God. Amen.